Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back to the Bricks in the Wall. So today we have a special treat. We're going to get the quickest turnaround on a guest. She actually was just on, I think, uh, three episodes ago. Uh, we have Avital, which is my best friend's mic, uh, the, who's in the band uh, Solitude Endeavor. It's his stepsister. And last time we spoke about psychedelics, her origin story about waking up, and um, how she delved into not only psychedelics, but the realm of seeing the unseen, in a sense. And that's what we're all about here on this show. And so, welcome back, Avital. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Juan. I'm super excited to be here. Really nervous, too, because... No, chill. Know, take a, take a sharing, little... Take a talk. Chill. Experience. <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been an interesting ride so far. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going down the rabbit hole of something very new and unknown, but so exciting and, like, liberating in itself. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited to be here. Thank you again for having me. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. And don't be nervous, you know, take a toke, uh, take a, take a puff, do whatever you got to do. I'm actually smoking on my vape pen right now. <laughs> so. Nice. I might just go do that. <laughs> okay. So no, yeah. Uh, today, the reason I'm having Avital back so quickly is because the last time we spoke about how she and this, uh, shaman woman essentially is, are going to start doing this, um, type of retreat sessions, psychedelic sessions, where she's going to create a group. Maybe you can explain it to us, but I just want to say that we're going to talk about that and that she recently just kind of had her own session. She flew to New Jersey, and uh, we want to talk about that as well. So first, Avital, as we get into it, uh, just recoup and really summarize what you were planning on doing with this woman, and then we can jump into what you did a couple weeks ago in New Jersey. Yeah. So, well, first I, uh, I got my, my pre-rolled ready for this. Nice. So, <laughs> um, so basically I connected with this woman about a year ago and she actually found me on 23andMe, uh, we're six generation related cousins. She hit me up on Facebook and then I went on 23andMe to confirm. I was like, yep, we're, we're related somehow. Um, and so we connected and, uh, you know, I was going through my own spiritual healing journey and, um, you know, it was all divine timing for us to connect. And she's, she's been guiding me in my spiritual healing journey. And, um, I've been learning from her, you know, this is something that I've always been interested in and, uh, just the timing of, of everything. Um, yeah, I, we connected and she's been teaching me and basically a few weeks ago i went to uh visit her in new jersey for a plant medicine ceremony where we guided i assisted her in guiding about 10 other people um in their healing journey using plant medicine psychedelic mushrooms um to help them access that higher state of consciousness so yeah (laughs) that's that's awesome um Tell us about this woman, the shaman woman that's a part of your uh, generation, your uh, lineage. Yeah, so we 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 come from the same um, same country, Moldavia. Uh, she was born there. My my parents were born there. Grandparents, like it goes way back. Um, 
And yeah, it's just really interesting because her and I share very, very similar stories, especially around like generational trauma. Like we come, we both come from uh, the women that were in the Soviet Union, which, you know, when their men were killed or sent off to war, these women had to um, support and take care of the family and uh, provide, they had to provide and, and be the main, you know, breadwinner for the family. So, um, you know, that, that trauma, as you can imagine, can be carried on and it's created, you know, these strong women, mm -hmm. but they end up getting really, really sick because um, they're more, too much in the masculine flow of things. And when there's not a balance and not enough feminine flow, and that's something that I've been learning from uh, my plant medicine woman in New Jersey, uh, slash six generation cousins, slash friends, slash now business partner, because we're actually starting a podcast together uh, called awesome. What the Fungus. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's an awesome name. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I've been learning a lot about that, about just balancing like the masculine and feminine energy, um, because I can attest to it. Like I, you know, I was working 50, 60 hours a week um, in corporate America with all the stress and the pressure and like not making time for myself. And like, for women, it's a little different. Like men can be, you know, working 10, 12, 15 hours a day and be okay. But women, they, you know, we live on these cycles and like, mm -hmm. you know, there, there has to be time for that space for her. And so, uh, you know, going back to the generational trauma, when all you're doing is working, you, you end up like getting sick because you're not processing anything you're not you know being in a creative flow which is so crucial for for all humans you know mm -hmm. um so it's been interesting to learn about that and uh i was able to also access my higher state of consciousness through mushrooms so i did it twice while i was up there mm -hmm. uh the first one was pretty dark and scary <laughs> and uh, i didn't want to i didn't want to come back uh home i was like we gotta get the fuck out of here like mm. shit's about to go down <laughs> okay uh, let me cut you off sorry before we get into it because i want to hear the story like really uh w well talked out i want to ask you or talk about the fact that you're talking about this woman who came from the soviet union and the fact that it takes difficult times to make strong men i'm sure you heard that quote that mm -hmm. uh strong men create um hard times hard times create strong men strong men create good times, good times create weak men. And it's always this cycle, like you said, for a person to really become great, they have to go and struggle and have adversity, you know, to make them a strong person with character. Now, I would okay. ask you, because I'm kind of, I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, having to do with my kids. Um, I have kids and I, I wonder, do you have kids, Avital? No. Nope. Okay. Let me ask you this, and I wonder, what do you think about, because of course, everybody loves their children, and you want to give your children everything the best. You want to make life simple for them. You want to, you know, hold them by the hand, but eventually you'll let them go when they get older. But my question is, how do you, how would one create an environment where <clears throat> it's not easy and it's not difficult, but you kind of 
guide your kids along this path to, to make them into a strong moral person with character? Or do you think this comes only from going through difficult times and going through that dark night of the soul that makes you a, a better person, of your, a, a more improved version of yourself? Mm, I love that question. So first I would say, let them fuck up. Let them get in trouble. Let them hurt themselves. Let them cry. Let them get mad. Let them ex you know, go through all these things because um, if you try to protect them, they're going to go out into the real world and be like, holy shit, and get really, really hurt, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's an important balance there for sure, like not coddle them too much and not, uh, you know, be too up their ass either, right? Mm -hmm. So somewhere in the middle. And then two, be open and honest with them, communicate. Like my parents never communicated to me. They were just like, oh, I'm the boss. Whatever I say goes like, you know, you can't do this because I said so. Mm -hmm. Right. I was, I was of course that inquisitive child. I was like, well, why, why, why can't I? Like, if you explain to me and I could like logically comprehend, obviously, like I was a smart kid if I was asking why, right. right. Like I would understand. And so I think, uh, just, communicate to your kid like they're they're adults like they know they know they know they're very smart they're very intuitive right mm -hmm. kids are intuitive before the world like messed that up for them right, right? Made, made them question and doubt their intuition like kids already know yeah yeah man i love it kids uh, on their own they're like natural scientists they want to question they want to figure things out of course uh, they're leaning towards certain topics or things that they lean towards but Eventually, like you said, when kids do ask why, see, my daughter, she'll ask me why, and I'll go all the way down to to the point where I'm like, well, to be honest, I don't know, because I think she'll ask me, um, why is the sky blue? And then we'll go look it, look it up. It has to do with the atmosphere and the water and the reflection of the sun through the particles, and that blue is the wavelength that transfers the most, so that's why we see blue everywhere. And I'll I'll do that with her. I'll try to like satiate every question she has to, so that I don't kill because I think that's what happens as we grow up our parents be like you said they'll say because I said so and that when that happens so often you kill that part of their mind that wants to seek the answers they're like oh okay I guess I guess I don't know or I guess we won't find out and as as these children grow up you kill that that sense of exploration of wanting to know and understand and I think that's led coupled with that idea that you were talking about, helicopter parenting, this leads to the kids growing up, like you said, going into the real world, and then they don't know how to deal, and then they have all this stress, and this is what we're seeing now in society. All these coddled mm -hmm. kids are growing up, and they're like, holy shit, I can't just have what I want. I actually have to do things, but they haven't mm -hmm. gone through the adversity to have that, that tenacity to work hard and to strive towards something. Exactly. And that's why we're in this mental health crisis. Everyone either has anxiety or depression. Like, you know, we're, we're not here. We're not in, like in the now it's, um, it's, we're all over the place. And I mean, there's definitely a variety of reasons for all that, but yeah, that's definitely one of them. And I like to rehash always the idea that Joe Rogan has that a lot of people, yes, we do live in a pretty good society. It's very hard to die. You can order food, you can order whatever you want to come to your house. So when you're in such an environment, he says it's best to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And one of the best ones that I've seen and that he always talks about is martial arts. You know, put your kids, I'm going to this year, hopefully put my, put my youngest kid in um, some type of martial art, maybe karate or something, because that's kind of 
a pretty good method to to make kids like not have fear and to feel confident to be strong and to be like oh no i can do this i can protect myself and to just be uncomfortable because once you're in those situations it creates fortitude it makes you a stronger person with character and and not just a person who's afraid of the world like all these kids that had helicopter parents Mm, I love that. You know, you you sound like a great parent, by the way. Like the fact that you take time for your kid to not be the person that thinks that they know everything, but actually learning right there with your kid. Like that's respect. You know, your kid's gonna respect you and love you for that. So that's um that's amazing that you do that. Yes, yes. Okay, so now we can get into your trip that you went to. So you you had already talked with this with uh what's this lady's name, what can we call her? The shaman. Ariella. 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 So <laughs> had you and her um, discussed first what y'all were going to do? This was already planned. Y'all had a session with people or was it individual or how did this go? Yeah, she, she planned everything. Um, so we, we just all showed up. We had, you know, the location how shared. How many people? Ten people. And y'all decided that that was going to be like the number? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be, you know, up to 10, 15, 20 people, depending on the space that we have. Hmm. How would you feel about maybe having, do you think it's diff- more difficult to manage more people? Or do you have various people there guiding the people? Or is it just just y'all two? Yeah, so it's just us two. Um, I think 10, 15, 20 people uh, for two people as guides would be a good amount. I don't think we would do anything more than that. Um, just because uh, everyone has their own energies, right? I mean, of course, when we're all together, there's this collective energy, but, um, you know, we want to make sure that everyone's able to have a good experience um, and and just have a safe, sacred space. And that's a good amount for us to, to manage, you know? Yeah, I asked because I remember seeing, I'm on several documentaries about these type of sessions that people do in the Amazon Um, sometimes they'll have like one person will be freaking out or writhing and like moving around, not having a good time. And I wonder Mm -hmm. what this kind of creates for the other people, you know, will it throw them off? Um, how would, how would you work through this? Do the people have their own little location or is it an open space? What's the environment like? Yeah. So everyone has, has their space. There's yoga mats, um, all, all spread out. So there's like three in one row, a couple rows. And uh, me and Ariella, we just watched over them, you know, made sure it, we would notice, we would feel their energy, we would see them moving around, crying, and just kind of pass by. And if we, um, you know, feel that they are going in a dark direction, then and need some support, we'll be there to like console them and um, maybe gently like rub their back and say everything's okay, you know. Mm. Um, so we didn't have any any intense moments. Everyone was pretty calm. We we you know had a good good intention setting around it, uh, good energy in that. All right, sorry guys, we had to make a little edit here to not divulge some private information, and we're gonna continue in three, two, one. Um, that she knew knew the person so you know some places have negative energies and that could impact the people Mm. 
Wow, I never thought about that. Imagine somebody like buys a home and they don't know it's haunted, and then they take some mushrooms and then they'll actually get fucked with. Damn. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be a nightmare. Okay, let me ask you. And when you're in this space, is it like a just one room that y'all stay in, or are the guests free to roam? How does that work? Yeah, it was just one room, but guests were free to roam. Okay, and. Uh, when you have these people, do you screen them before? How do you figure out if these people are um, good candidates? Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I think it's, you know, people that we, we know um, or like referrals. And what kind of question? Is there like any type of questionnaire that you have to kind of like see if maybe they're not prepared or ready or maybe they have stresses yeah, in their life? Yeah, definitely. So most of these people, they're already pre-existing like clients or, um, you know, friends of clients. So they've they've had some sort of communication with um, us. Okay, great. And now what would be the substance that y'all use? Uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And does everyone get the same dose? Everyone gets different doses. And um, how would you, how would you, um, manage how who gets how much uh based on weight experience um past ses past sessions mm. that would determine the amount okay and all these people i would i would maybe think that they're already experienced users some yes some no the the unexperienced users would typically sit up front so that we can monitor them closely um and then the more experienced are in the back Oh, that's great. That reminds me of school. Like the, the people who yeah. really want to learn are up front and all the cool yeah. people who know how to party and stuff are chilling in the back. Okay. Uh, so what was the highest dose you gave anyone? Someone got 12, 12 grams. Dry? No, no, no. Okay. I mean, it's like, it's, uh, it like we grind it up and then we mix it with lemon juice and orange juice so that it uh potentiates it yeah wow so 12 grams really that's a lot it is yeah this person um their pineal gland was pretty blocked i would say <laughs> man so how was that how did this person react this time it was he 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 said he saw some shit and <laughs> it was and it was pretty dark for him but um he's you know integrating back into reality okay uh -huh. But it was, I think, finally that he he accessed a barrier that has been blocked for a while. I can't imagine. I think the most that I've taken is eight grams. And, um, man, I really couldn't see anything. Everything was just like a, a mush of colors. I had to lay down and just meditate. But uh, let me ask you, when you have these people over, do you ask them or do you tell them to have some sort of intention or mission with this uh, session? Or is it just like... Hey, y'all, come on over. We're going to take some uh, mushrooms and, and chill. No, so it's it's this is really like a healing journey, right? Everyone's going to have their own intentions. And it's really important, like, what's the intention going in? And that's, like, something I want to clarify that, um, you know, magic mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, whatever you want to call it, it's been used as, like, a party drug, a fun drug for, you know, the past couple decades but it wasn't always like that and it's still not like that so in reality like these you know mushrooms psilocybin has so much healing potential 
and it can help people that struggle with anxiety, depression, um, energy, um, addiction, um, ADHD, all kinds of things. Um, you know, this, this has been used for thousands of years for people to, to go on their spiritual journey so that they can work through these blocks to work through any limiting beliefs and mindsets and, uh, trauma you know trauma is a big part of it too and that's you know when people say that they oh like I took mushrooms one time and I had a bad trip so I'm you know not going to do it again so the problem is because your intention was for fun but that's not what it's really intended for Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and especially if you're not if you don't set the right intentions and then that comes up a quote-unquote bad trip comes up you know, the thing is, it's no bad or good trip. Whatever happens, it's the medicine that you needed in that moment. Like, mm-hmm. that should be an opportunity for you to reflect and be like, okay, well, what's the message here? What am I supposed to learn? What can I take from this? Right, right. But it's also good to point out that you shouldn't even be doing psychedelics if you're going through a stressful period in your life, like a divorce, a breakup, or death in the family. Uh, I w- we would not recommend it, correct? I mean, it depends. Everyone, you know, is is on on different different levels as far as um, being able to be open to receive these messages while taking psychedelic mushrooms. So, if again your intention was like, oh, I just want to have fun because it's my it's their first time, right? Like, I just want to have fun, and they're like, oh shit, this isn't a, a drug for fun. This is like, right. you know, some dark shit can come up because right. it needs to come up. So. Um, you know, I think that's important to note that people are using it for the wrong reasons. And if you're inexperienced and you don't know what, you know, how to, how to work through that and be, you know, you need to be curious and open and ready to receive, right? If you're not ready, that's going to create a negative experience. Um, you know, so yeah. You know what that just made me think of? Could you imagine the first human who came across mushrooms and ate some and then like a couple minutes later they're like everything starts moving? Like what what would you think would happen? <laughs> what do you think the experience was for the first person who came across them? And then but first another thing to point out, they didn't have scales back then. So if they were hungry, they were just eating all the mushrooms, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Um well, I'm sure some of them had good experiences because you know, right. they passed that information along to us. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think the, the early humans weren't plagued with as much stress maybe as us. Maybe the only thing that we're truly worried about was shelter and food. And apart from that, um, they were basically living in heaven. They had everything. Um, yeah. And, you know, m- mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, actually, they, there's history behind like its origination which comes from like the mayan and inca cultures Mm. you know so they had access to this they were able to access a higher state of consciousness they were able to communicate to to god to universe like they were so intelligent and then people came in and killed them off and took away their mushrooms because a educated uh, and knowledgeable and intuitive human is a threat, right? Mm. Um, so unfortunately, p- 
people have been trying to destroy this plant medicine that has been put here on earth for us to use as a way to connect to a higher power. You know, this is a beautiful fucking medicine Mm -hmm. and we need to share it with people. We need to like break down these fucking stigmas and this has so much healing potential. Like imagine if everyone was, you know, required to do mushrooms at least once a year. That's actually something a a friend of mine uh, came up with. And I was like, man, that's a great fucking idea. Uh, Like if you're 18 and up or 21 and up, just go to a retreat for like a week, one time a year, take mushrooms and like work through your shit so you can like reset, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I've also had that idea. I've had, well, first, the one major idea that I would like is that before we elected any president, they'd have to go through like a decathlon type of thing. Kind of like, uh, have you seen the movie Billy Madison? You know how he has to go through school? I feel like I have, but I just don't remember. It's Adam Sandler, and he has to go through school all over again and prove that he, he can actually take over a company. So I would pose that if somebody wanted to be president, they'd have to go through like this whole decathlon thing. And one thing would be that, of course, they have to be fit and strong. They have to be well-spoken. They have to be able to fight. Um, they have to have technology, knowledge about technology. And at the end, they would have to take mushrooms and sit and just have like the camera on them just to see how they react or or hear their story after just to get a sense of who they truly are because i'm sure if you gave any psychedelics to the if any of the presidents that we've had had psychedelics they wouldn't be or act the way that they have yeah and then another thing that i wanted to say is that i think in the past most societies they didn't necessarily take psychedelics, but they had these either rituals or coming of age, um, what would you call it? Coming of age events where they put themselves through some type of stressor where they prove that they can be a member of society. Now, some, some places, yes, they took psychedelics, but other places like in South America, I forget what tribe it was, but they have the boys put their hands in these gloves that they make out of hay and inside these gloves, they're what, what are called bullet ants. And they're called bullet ants because every time they bite you, it feels like a bullet. You were shot by a bullet. So they have these boys put their hands in this, and then they're getting bitten by ants, like hundreds of ants in there. And they're not mm-hmm. supposed to scream or like give faces of anguish. They're supposed to be like strong and proven that they, they can take it. And like this is one of the, the ways that... I guess you kind of prove yourself into a society and show that you're a, a member of it. And nowadays, we don't have any of that. When I really think about what is the coming-of-age ritual in, in American culture, if you kind of try to break it down, it's kind of going through college, partying, and then going out into the real world. There's no real, like, okay, like you said, there's no, like, we're going to have a psychedelic session, we're going to integrate what we learn, and we're going to use that to become better versions of ourselves. It's kind of like, let's just party. There's no, like, culture here to raise your consciousness. It's kind of just like, when I think about it, American culture to me is really just consumerism. Consuming media, consuming products, reaching out for something, trying to hold on to something of meaning. But there truly isn't anything out there because all the shiny things that they point that we should want, like money or houses and cars, they're emptiness. They don't really bring you that that joy or what you need to ascend do you understand yeah Mm -hmm. so i guess that was just a long rant but 
okay, so to go back, you said, okay, someone took 12 grams. And what was the lowest dose? I took one gram. Okay. Well, you have to be leading, right? You have mm -hmm. to be aware. Yeah. And yeah. So nobody freaked out? Everybody was good? I mean, there was like, <laughs> excuse me, slight moments, but everyone, everyone handled themselves very well. Um, yeah, there was a very calm energy. So, so how does, what is the ambience? Is it dark? Is there lights going around? What kind of music do you guys yeah. have playing? Yeah, it's, it's pretty dark. It's dim. Um, it's happening at night. So like everyone arrives around 7 p.m. And uh, around 9, 10 p.m., that's when we, we consume our um, plant medicine. And, and it, it goes on until like 3, 4 in the morning. And then people sleep for a couple hours. We wake up. We have some light refreshments, um, some fruits, veggies, crackers, dips, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And, Water. Um, so what kind of music do you guys have on? Like meditative music. Like no lyrics, just like ambient music? Yeah. And um, do you require your uh, the people there to like put up their cell phones or anything like that? Yes, yeah. So we we take the cell phones, the keys, no driving. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're good to go. Okay, and so how does it work? You, everyone takes their cup or whatever they take what they consume, the molecules, and then y'all meditate, or how did, what is the process, the steps, like, throughout the timing, how does it? How yeah, so once they arrive and they get comfortable, uh, we actually start with a rape session. So rape is a type of tobacco from the Amazon, oh. and it's 20 times stronger than regular tobacco, and it's um, curated with other medicinal medicines um that is like blessed by shamans from south america so it's uh it's a really interesting plant medicine i'm i'm actually uh starting to incorporate it into my practice it's it's a legal substance here in the u.s legal to buy from the amazon and bring it here so basically the way that works is the plant medicine woman, myself, would administer it to someone and um, through a tool that basically blows a little bit of tobacco into your nose. Mm. And what this does is it unblocks your pineal gland. Oh. Your pineal gland is responsible for helping you connect to a higher power, to God, to universe, whatever um, higher power you re resonate with. Hmm. And what this does, it unblocks it, it helps you purge, let go of things that no longer serve you, let go of this disconnection that you have with your higher power. Um, basically, the first time I did it, for like an hour, I was there crying, uh, asking for forgiveness from God uh, for not having that connection. And um you know, it was, it was a really interesting experience. Um, after that, I, I just felt at, like such peace because I received messages um, that I really needed to heal here. And um, I just like lay there after, after all that, after crying for like one hour. So you would uh, say, so would you say that that was psychedelic <laughs> before the psychedelics even kicked in? It's like a precursor. It's not a psychedelic, um, but it basically 
helps you, again, clear out your pineal gland, which allows you to connect. And so once you take um, a psychedelic, you're able to connect quicker because if that pineal gland is blocked, you're blocking um, your ability to connect and receive messages easily. Hmm. What is this called again? And how do you spell it? Rape. So it's R-A-P-E, like rape, mm-hmm. but there's like that little squiggly thing on the, uh, on the E. I forget what they're called. Mm. Not squiggly, but... Accent, the accent thing? Yes. Rape. Okay, and you can order this on. I see. I feel weird ordering stuff like that through Amazon because I feel like they just no, not Amazon. Right? Don't do it from Amazon. Yeah, there's there's specific websites. I can send it to you so you can like link it here for people if yeah. they want to buy it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I do want to check that out. Is is that similar to the thing that they do where they blow smoke all over you to kind of like clear the negative energies? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it goes inside your nose, and the thing is, but like if you're gonna. I wouldn't do it if you've never done it on your own or with someone before. Mm-hmm. Like you should find a guide in your local area to assist you with that. Like, you know, so I guess don't go buy it on your own because you're not not, not going to know how to administer it right. properly. I, I, I'm actually really interested. Maybe we can do that sometime. Yeah, wanna, I'm down. I want to experience that. Okay, so where were we? Um, the music's going... Um, is there like, do you have times where you're going to be like, okay, now we're going to get up and stretch or are we going to do this or that? So after the rap session, yeah, there's like a little break. Um, and then we, we start with the mushrooms. Um, once, once the mushrooms are, you know, ingested, um, they're in their own experience. And we, we let them be, and we just watch from, from a distance. So they just sit or lay on their mats? Mm-hmm. Can yeah. they get up and roam around? Absolutely, yeah. Some of them can, you know, they went outside. Yeah, um, yeah some of them were in the kitchen, hanging out with us. Um, what do y'all think about the idea of doing these, like, uh, full moon sessions? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's beautiful. You know, so I think sometimes... We might even go sit outside. You know, it's all whatever the the energy, the flow of things. Um, you know, I'm I'm learning from her still, so it's it's been interesting to see. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do more. You know, these are um, there's retreats all over the world that are are doing these and you know creating these uh, safe and sacred environments for people to explore their higher consciousness. Yeah, man, I just can't wait to like the world once again like adore psychedelics because every culture that had psychedelics revered them as gifts from the gods this was the Mm -hmm. most best thing anywhere out of nature and like now we have such a stigma around them that it's only for stoners and hippies who want to get fucked up but no this is like like you said serious work is going on here yeah but as you were saying um see i get the whole therapeutic session Uh, you know it's got to be in a kind of controlled environment you don't want anyone to like lose their shit or anything but I, every time I take mushrooms, in particular, I feel like I want to be in nature. I, w- I want to see the trees. I want to see the moon. Um, one time I took him at, at the beach, and it was, it was amazing. I, I felt the magnitude of the whole earth, like the ocean was there, and it was just so powerful. And I was just this one little speck of, of a human that, that lived in this whole universe, and it was just breathtaking. I had my mouth open the whole time. I couldn't believe it. Wow, that sounds amazing. I've never done an outside one. Well, actually, about 
12 years ago I did when I first tried mushrooms. Uh, it was an outdoor thing. And yeah, like the greens were the greenest greens and blues were the bluest blues. The squirrels were talking to each other. <laughs> it yeah. was a good time. See, yeah, that's um, what I think. I feel like because when they do them at the jungle, they're also inside, but they're, they're kind of like open villas where you can kind of see the jungle. And I feel yeah. that's a very critical component of the trip itself because you want to be in nature. You want to see where you come from and what this environment truly is because these houses yeah. and walls and and roofs, this is just like temporary shelter that we hide. We, we're basically hiding ourselves from, from nature. We, we seclude ourselves from it in, inside these buildings. I, I just think it would be awesome to have like hiking trips or, or camp and have mushrooms in, in like the forest but i can also see that being a little bit dangerous you know maybe animals or, or stuff like that yeah you know set and setting is so important when you're taking psychedelic mushrooms and uh, or any psychedelic and you know set and setting meaning what's the what's the tone what's the intention behind it right like what we were talking about earlier like is your atten- intention for fun and this is your first time doing it like you have no idea what you're getting yourself into <laughs> you know don't do this like by yourself and um you know setting like what's the environment what's uh like you said are we surrounded by dark cold four walls or are we outside in nature um as you know humans are intended to be right we are mammals like we're supposed to be out in nature and that's why there's so many uh you know so much depression and uh vitamin d deficiency like you know we get 95 percent of our vitamin d from the sun mm-hmm. and we're over here trying to get it from like food and supplements and right. it's not helping you yeah, know yeah 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 it's crazy that um, i had just read an article recently saying something along the lines let me see if i can pull it up really quickly because it was I'm sure you'll dig this. Um, Okay, here it goes. I found it. It says, flu is not a season. It is an inability to adapt due to decreased sun exposure and water intake combined with increased stress and sugar intake. And what does that describe to me? That's like this time, the winter, the holidays, um, eating all this kind of not really healthy food, candy, no sun. And weirdly enough, that's when people get sick. But what I've read from different people is that this is just the body getting rid of the toxins. And this is just a cyclical thing that your body does. It doesn't mean you got to go get a flu shot or be afraid and take all these pharmaceuticals to feel better. It's just like your body's purging all the toxins, all the bad shit that it accumulated over the year. And now right before winter is trying to like get it all out. Yep. Yeah, I think I think a mix of, a mix of that all, right? right. Um, I completely agree. And I... I love that we have to go through these seasons and because when we can relate it back to how we are as humans, like that just gives us more grace and space to um, be okay with ourselves, right? Not constantly be um, fighting whatever is happening in our lives and just take time to slow down and reflect and connect and um detox all this shit that doesn't serve you anymore Mm -hmm. you know this is definitely that time for that i mean it's i mean we're recording this on you know december 31st right (laughs) oh yeah uh, man yeah what a synchronistic thing yeah so tomorrow's a new year set your intentions Mm -hmm. (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like what's what's the feeling that you want uh as you go into the new year i uh i used to not like New Year's, but 
there's still that energy behind it and that collective energy. And, you know, if we, uh, we come from a, a place of love, like, you know, we can make anything happen. So, yeah, yeah, totally. When I was younger, I was the same. I did not like the, the new year's, uh, what are they called when you're going to make a change? Um, yeah the new year's resolution I, I would always say like just do the change now but th i think you're right there's something to that energy that concept of like okay we're starting fresh with a clean slate what are we going to do different now and let's actually stick to it i always find yeah. it funny because i went to the gym a couple days ago and it's kind of empty and i already know next week this week coming up it's going to be packed everyone's like okay i'm going to work out i'm going to do this and slowly but surely by april most of them fall off mm-hmm yeah, I think it's because it's, again, you're going into it with the wrong intentions. And also, it's hard, you know, you need like, you need a support system, you need accountability. So like, mm -hmm. I, I did holistic health coaching for a couple years before I got into this work. And so I know how important it is to have, a, you know, ha have someone to help you stay accountable. Um so surround yourself with people that are doing the same thing because if you surround yourself with people that are doing the thing that you don't want to do anymore, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're going to keep doing those things and not really grow and evolve. So surround yourself with people that you want to be like so that you can become like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, man. Um, a while back, I was hanging out with people that weren't really trying to raise their consciousness. And it wasn't that I like separated myself from them, but the fact that I was working on myself it seems like those people just kind of walked away on their own. And it's sad because you want to be friends with them, but at the same time, it's like crabs in a bucket type of thing. It's like if you're trying to do better, like you said, and you're still hanging out with those people, they're just going to pull you back down. Yeah. Yeah, set and setting. <laughs> okay, so now I wanted to ask you, when you said these people sit or lay on their mat the whole time, they're kind of free to roam. Do you offer pen and paper to take notes or maybe yeah. some toys or something that they can kind of do? Yeah, there's blankets, there's pen and paper. There's this one guy that drew something. Oh, um, yeah? Was it cool? What was it? Yeah, it was an, like a, a large ant. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Is it badass? Can you send me that picture? Do you have it? I actually did take a picture. Yeah, okay, I'll cool. send it Yeah, to I want to see it. Um, and what did he say about it? Like, why an ant? Um, I think he, he said something along the lines of, um, we are like ants, you know, he saw, I guess, from like earth, earth's perspective. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. But the thing, the weird thing is ants, even though they're so tiny, I feel like there's just so much more, how would you say this? A better cohesion of society like they all have their job and they do their thing i think maybe language kind of fucks us up because language is kind of the virtual reality through which we argue and fight with each other and i wonder what would it be like if we had no language and we just kind of lived and i don't know how we would communicate but i think language is kind of that precursor to create the other and create enemies and push people aside and stuff like that yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point. And so do you offer drinks, um, beverages while this is going? Because I'm sure people get thirsty. Just, water. Just water, okay. And as the session winds down, what what happens? Do you all, like, talk together again? What, what's the process? Yeah, everyone kind of 
winds down. They some people go to sleep, um, and then people start waking up, and we offer them some food, some water. Mm-hmm. People take showers, get ready, and head head out. Mm. This was the first session that you did, right? Yeah. Well, um, not my personal first session, but my first group ceremony. Okay. But you were essentially kind of leading it with um, Ariella. What was her name? Ariella. 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 You were kind of with her, kind of leading the whole group, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was overall the experience? Well, you only took one grab. Was there anything that kind of came at you or that really stuck with you? <laughs> so. One gram is all I needed to see what I had to see. It was uh, it was pretty dark and desolate, and uh, I, I believe God showed me the future, and um, it was really fucking scary. And like it, that was the whole the whole ceremony for me. Like six seven hours, I was in that going through through things, and uh, I received some interesting messages and 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 lessons extracted from all of that. Um, basically what I'm receiving is that, yes, the world is going to end at some point. We don't know the timeline and we can't let that fear of the future hold us back from being here in the moment, creating the life that we truly desire. Hmm. Now, why did the future seem dark? Was it um, because of humans or like you said, the world's going to end or something? And I don't, I don't know what it, what it was exactly, but um, it was just like pure chaos, fire. Like, I don't like during this trip, like imagine me seeing all of this and then there's like 10 people here and I'm over here panicking. I mean, they can't see me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll tell you need to stay calm. Like, you can't panic because if they see you panicking, yeah. <laughs> they're going to panic. And, like, you have to be a leader. Like, right. you're, yeah. like you got to you gotta chill the fuck out. <laughs> Dang, man. Yeah, that, that must be rough. You're seeing hell through your eyes, but you got to help all these people hang on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Shit. it was all good. Like, Ariella was there. She, like, she gave me a big hug. Like, she could tell. She is, she is very empathic. Um, you know, I, I, being in this type of role, you have to be empathic. You have to be able to, to sense and feel what other people are feeling so that you can, um, be there with them. Yeah. So, you know, she, she's been there for me and she's such a beautiful soul and I'm so, uh, eternally grateful for her and just this opportunity that she's been able to share with me. And, um, you know, I'm excited to be able to share with other people and help them in their healing journey because it's definitely a game changer. Um, you know, I had a second ceremony by myself where I took, I think it was three grams. Mm. So a few days after the group ceremony, I did my single session and that was, that was completely different. It was, um, it was, it was very beautiful. I saw a lot of different messages. Um, you know, I went in with the intention of, needing to heal some childhood trauma like around abandonment and rejection and self-love um or lack of um so that was you know a really interesting experience and it was it was a game changer you know i'm still trying to integrate it back into reality Mm -hmm. um it's definitely difficult and you know this is what i'm 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 learning 
and, and teaching other people. And this is actually what I've been doing for the past couple of years as a health coach is how to like integrate new habits. But in this sense, it's how to take the lessons that you've learned or extract the lessons from your psychedelic experience and integrate it back into reality um, in a way that that can be very, very helpful because, you know, a lot a lot of times what happens is you you have this experience and you don't integrate, you don't make any changes and you're just like, you know, oh, yeah, I, I did mushrooms and I saw this thing and like, I don't know, I guess I think they call it like spiritual blocking or something like, you know, you're taking this plant medicine and like speaking high regards of, oh, yeah, I went on this like, you know, psychedelic experience and saw this and that, but you don't make any changes behind it. Like, it's just the ego. That's like, you're just feeding your ego, not really doing the work behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it can be hard to do the work, especially if you have a lot of trauma, a lot of deep trauma, like that takes time to um, decondition from, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful tool. I think, you know, it basically can take something that's, years or decades to unfold and and figure out it you can figure it out in you know the one session and then integrate it within a couple months three six months so it's uh it's very powerful and i am a big proponent of it um i think you know whenever you're open and ready to receive it you can seek it out and and find that opportunity to to go on this spiritual healing journey no, yeah, true. It's so true. I so agree. Uh, when I was younger, I guess, maybe 23, I was growing my own mushrooms and I was taking them every weekend. And uh, part of me, yeah, it was like that at first. It was kind of like just feeding the ego. Oh, I'm going to trip. I'm going to see some more. I'm going to see something great. I'm going to become enlightened. And I wasn't really integrating any of it. And then it wasn't until I think Terrence McKenna was like, he said something about taking notes or make sure you have something to kind of like bring you back to that point so now what i do is i kind of have a psychedelic journal where if i have any deep insights after i'll write them down or one thing i really like doing is i'll take a picture of something while while i'm tripping and kind of like put my thoughts or whatever into that picture so whenever in the future i do look at that picture i'm kind of like transported back to that moment and i can kind of in a sense bottle what I was feeling at that moment in that picture and be able to use that later to integrate whatever thoughts I had at that time. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I I, I think uh, journaling is, is so important, especially afterwards to help you integrate, right? right? I mean, I, I personally journaled a whole year straight every single day um, when I was using cannabis as my way to connect and uh, process things so journaling is so key after you take a psychedelic experience whether it's during or after so hot tip for you there (laughs) yeah yeah i I would recommend anyone who does trip i have a journal like a specific journal where you write what you learn from your trips or how you can integrate later or just anything that involves with your psychedelicness and then you can come back and like grow from it that's something Mm -hmm. i pulled i forgot what speaker said it but they said the greatest people who ever lived always took notes. Like they always had something to write down because it's kind of hard to keep it all in your mind. You want to put your thoughts on paper so you can reflect on them and see them. 
exactly. All right. So we're kind of getting close to the end. What about if we quickly talk about what you're doing here in Houston? Uh, maybe anyone who's listening who's here in Houston, you want to talk and share about a new thing that you're going to do next month coming up? Uh, yes, um, I have a lot of cool events that are with painting and, you know, learning um, very educational about using psychedelic mushrooms. Um, so if you're interested in accessing, you know, a higher state of consciousness and just creating and having having fun, um, you know, socializing and just learning again this is educational only so you can reach out to me on my instagram at mushroom muse with a z and so explain what is this event so you have a place where people will go and what's going to happen there will be a canvas mm -hmm. there will be paints there will be music there will be an artist that's guiding you uh, to help bring out that inner artist and help you get paint onto the canvas. And you get to hang out with like-minded people and you'll learn all about microdosing mm -hmm. and how to incorporate it into your day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. uh, which can be very helpful for anxiety and depression and helping you be focused and present and productive and creative. Um, you know, microdosing is something that is at the forefront of medicine. Um, many, many countries, Canada, uh, especially, you know, Colorado, um, Oregon, they have legalized the use of mushrooms, whether in a micro or macro dose. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, there's these facilities that literally you go to, uh, to be able to, to, have these experiences now you know there's healing facilities it's a very beautiful thing and right. i hope to potentially just putting it out to the universe open up a healing center um one day so that would be um yeah that would be amazing yes that's been my dream for the longest i've always had a vision of owning a plaza and like having a gym there having a bookstore having a coffee shop having a yoga uh, studio um, a holistic doctor center, basically a whole plaza of things from this kind of seemingly alternative world, which actually work better than what the mainstream is pointing to. Just have a center where people can go and kind of get a whole spa treatment and like really uh, grow themselves, treat themselves, but toward raising their consciousness. So you can go work out, go grab a coffee. Oh, and also the, um, what are they called? The t isolation tanks have a, a, a store that would have isolation tanks so that people could go and meditate in there. You know, have this whole center where you can in the morning go work out, grab a cup of coffee, go to the bookstore, um, do some yoga, and then probably at the end go into that isolation tank and like really meditate times 100. And you're, you're doing it. That's crazy. People think of shit and eventually it, it manifests into this world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Like, um, you know, I started really thinking about this and manifesting this um, a couple months ago, when I moved back to Houston, things just really started unfolding. Um, and I, I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, what what's my mission here? Like, 
what am I, you know, what's the purpose of me? What am I doing in service Mm -hmm. for humanity? Mm -hmm. And that purpose is to help millions of people heal all over the world. And so how can I do that? Like literally I was receiving these messages like and asking like, how do I do that? And the answer was to have these workshops and retreats all over the world. I love it. So it's happening. It is. <laughs> it's fucking it is. happening. <laughs> and it's not just you. So many other people are doing it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this has been, you know, going on for, for so long, uh, for hundreds, thousands of years. Mm. And um, now we're just we're just making it. Rediscovering more it. Public. Yeah. Reconnecting back to bring it back. I mean, it's a revolution. It's a They call it a psychedelic revolution. Like mm-hmm. this literally feels like the sixties. Yeah. I really resonate with the sixties. I feel like that was one of my past lives. And so I just feel like I, uh, I'm right back there. Just, you know, at this forefront of the revolution, uh, being a rebel and, um, you know, serving my mission and yeah, I am here and I'm, I'm having fun and, and helping people. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm so grateful for this experience and just going down this rabbit hole. Um, it's super exciting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> people are going to look back at this time and it's going to be like the Renaissance. It's going to be a, a time of great change and upheaval, the COVID, all the restrictions, people waking <laughs> yeah. up, psychedelics. I just hope that it doesn't end up in the wrong hands because I can see also it's getting corporatized. People, uh, companies want to start opening up and selling like um, mushroom chocolate bars. And I had those ones. And, and when I, that trip was very, um, it felt corporatized and it felt manipulated. And like um, like they're, they've taken the sacredness of mushrooms away and I just kind of use it as a commodity to sell this cheap whack experience and i didn't really like it but i hope it's more of a mom and pop type thing like you and ariella are doing where it's kind of communal you are growing them themselves it's not to make money it's actually just to help people yeah absolutely but talking about money when this these painting sessions that you were talking about uh people will pay and with this um with the money that you used to pay, you're essentially buying a ticket to microdose during the session, right? I will neither conform or not. deny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you know, you guys know what we're saying. Uh, next month, when is this? When is were you having this? What is the date for this? It's it's sometime in January. <laughs> okay, yeah. So if y'all want to get some more information, and sometime in January in New Houston, and you want to paint. Be with like-minded people and uh, open up that key in your mind. Um, get with her. Check out her Instagram again. Everything will be in the show notes down below. And um, th- I think the most important thing, though, is that you're with like-minded people. And I always end the show with find the others because that's the key. We need to find each other and, and communicate and become a, a stronger force. Yeah, and I, I always want to end on this note that I am not here to promote or distribute or sell any illegal substances. Mm-hmm. I'm here to educate and provide safe, um, a safe feeling for people to to explore this information. Mm-hmm. And, okay. edu- and education too. 
very educational. Okay, this is great. Um, this was a great talk. As we close, I want to share with you, I know you know Terrence McKenna, one of the best speakers, orators that I've ever known, or I don't know him, but I've ever heard. Um, I listen to him almost daily. I wanted to end, because he has such an eloquent way of speaking, I wanted to end with what his take on mushrooms was. And this is a video by Terrence McKenna, and this is what the mushroom told him. So as we um, play this, it's about two minutes. Uh, we're about to close, Avital. If you can maybe have some type of um, advice or comments or something that, that a guest can have to take with them for the new year. Uh, yeah, I think just... Well, we'll play the video and we'll, we'll end with the, with the advice or the comments, okay? Sure. So check it out, guys. This is at, on YouTube, Terrence McKenna, The Mushroom Said to Me Once. The Mushroom Said to Me Once, uh, Nature Loves Courage. Nature Loves Courage. And I said, what's the payoff on that? And it said, it shows you that it loves courage because it will remove obstacles. You make the commitment, and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream, and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these uh, uh, teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold, this is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done. It's done by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering that it's a feather bed. And there's no other way to do it. Uh, this is why I have always taken the position that as modern people, you know, we can't go out and uh, set armies marching or launch religions and who would want to anyhow. But to the people who say adventure has fled, it's all humdrum. I just know, you know, that they have forgotten the five grams of psilocybin sitting in their refrigerator. I mean, Magellan may have had excitement rounding the horn, but you in your living room later tonight can put him in the shade if you have the courage to do the things that are necessary to do. And we know what they are. And of course, the first thing to do is to tell society to fuck off because they don't know what's going on. The great Terrence McKenna. Damn. Could you imagine if he was still alive? Yeah. He would uh he he would provide such amazing insight for us all. Yes, yes. So again, Avital, we're coming to a close. This was a great talk. Um we're gonna do it again eventually. We're gonna have several of these. Um after you do the, the, the trip and paint, I'm gonna go. Uh, we'll talk about it and uh, maybe we meet meet some like minded people and we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, sounds cool. Okay, so as we close, do you have anything you want to leave the audience with? Oh, man, I didn't think about it. I was listening to the video. <laughs> um, you know, I think just going into the new year, um, whatever your intentions are, make sure it's coming from a place of love and uh, not fear and just enjoy each day like it's your last because as I saw in my <laughs> experience, any day could be your last, right? Not to like 
scare you, but let's be present. Let's be here. Let's enjoy life, surround ourselves with friends and family and do things that bring us joy. And, um, you know, this is your playground. This is your reality. Like you get to be the architect of your life. So, you know, have fun with it. (laughs) Yeah. Just have fun. All right, guys. So that's going to conclude today's episode with Aviton. Please go check out her links if you're in Houston and you want to have um, be part of these um, sessions that we're gonna that she's gonna have with painting. Um, hit her up. The links will be down below. And uh, this new year, uh, like she says, start with a good intention and uh, make it come from a place of love and not not me, me, me. You know, make it try to make it for the community. But um, thank you for listening. And as we close, remember: know thyself, improve thyself. Find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. All right, guys. That was my conversation with Avital, a.k.a. Mushroom Maze, on uh, Instagram. Y'all can go check her out. I mean, Mushroom Muse, I'm sorry. The links will be down below. But if you want to find her on Instagram, she is Mushroom Muse, M-U-Z-E, all one word. Again, though, the links will be down below. Uh, She's great. Um, we had actually recorded this about a week or two ago. Um, we had to just put it on hold because we had to just make sure we didn't say anything that would come and bite us in the ass later. You know what I'm talking about? Wink, wink. Anyways, yeah, if y'all want to get a hold of um, Avital, hit her up. Uh, she's going to be doing the sessions, which we talked about, in a local place. So you can, you know what that means. Um so, yeah, you're going to have to contact her personally because uh, she's not going to divulge certain information just online for anyone to use as kind and fodder, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> but um, um, I had actually enough time to think about what song to put at the end of this. And so I'm going with a song called My Healing by Sofia Spalino. And this is a song, I guess it was mentioned to me on Spotify that I would like. If you're on Spotify, you can go to this playlist. It'll be like uh, Discover Weekly. You can discover songs. So Spotify basically has algorithms that listen to your listening habits and then kind of give you stuff that it thinks you would like. So I was actually, what was I doing? I, I was meditating when I was on mushrooms, laying in my bed in the dark under my covers with headphones on just trying to meditate, not moving at all, trying not to move at all. And then this song comes on. And man, did this song, it, it took a big weight off my shoulders. It actually let me let go of a lot of things. It let me stop drinking for a good while. This was a while back when I was drinking a lot heavily. And it actually helped me see the damage I was doing to my body. And so it helped me stop. And it had a lot of lasting impacts that I still feel. And I'll see what happened to me that night of the things she said. I'll re-listen to the song and I'll remember the ideas that I had that at the time. And so it kind of has like a, a permanent marker on me. You know, it has things that stuck with me and, and I want to keep working on and getting better and not letting things or not attaching to things to the point where it hinders me or keeps me from becoming, you know, a better person. Cringy stuff, I know. And the song itself, it's super cringy when you listen to it. But when, when I was on Mushrooms, dude, I, was, I started tearing up. I started clenching my fist, my jaw, relaxing, letting go. <sighs> Taking deep breaths, calming down. And uh, <clears throat> I know it's corny and all. It's four and a half minutes long. 
um, five minutes long. But man, if you listen to the song, save it, and really meditate or really get to a, a, a point of letting go, lay down, relax, meditate, almost be at a ha- halfway to sleep point, kind of med- hypnotizing yourself, and then listen to it. And if you can kind of let go to it, um, it can really help you. And it sounds very corny, guys, and I wouldn't want anybody to walk in on me listening to this stuff because they'll be like, are you okay? Or What's wrong? And you don't want to do that. I don't want to talk about that stuff with someone else. You know, I'd rather talk with my higher self and, you know, try to figure things out in my own way. But even though, I'm sorry, guys, sometimes you do need people to talk to. You know, I don't want to be a specificist. And say that sometimes just keep things to yourself. No, sometimes you do need to let this shit out. And that's why I created this podcast. So I can talk to other like-minded people like Avital. So that was a long way to say. Please go check out Avital. The links will be down in the show notes below. And again, this is a song called My Healing by Sofia Spolino. And man, is this song a doozy. So check it out. I hope you like it. And um, maybe it'll help you create some type of change in your life. So know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. This is My Healing by Sofia Spolino. Peace. Let me tell you the secret. You just have to let go. Let go. Let go of the judgment towards yourself, towards all. But how? Radically accept it wasn't okay, but it's all okay now. Now. In this moment, I choose my healing. In this moment, I choose ending. In this moment, I choose my beginning. In this moment, I choose healing. I let go of what doesn't serve me. I release what hurt me. I'm thankful for experiences that taught me. Physical illusions, I'm letting go. Pain is not mine to hold. Judgment is not mine to own. Peace is what I know. The past does not define me. I am love. I am forgiving. I am overcoming. Duality is an illusion. There is only oneness, wholeness, my healing. My healing is my belief. My healing is my knowing. My healing is accepting. My healing is taking responsibility to let go. To let go right now. To let go. To choose not to hold anymore. Forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is letting go of the past controlling. My present moment now. So I can be here now. My present is a gift. This moment not missed. No more dwelling on what doesn't serve me. This freedom now. I feel this freedom now. I bless and release what does not bring me peace. I bless and release what does not bring me I will not drink the poison of bitterness, resentfulness, anger, dis-ease. I will feast on joy. I will feast on peace, love, and goodness.
My healing is my belief. My healing is my knowing. My healing is accepting. My healing is taking responsibility to let go. To no longer hold what does not serve me. Forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is letting go of the past controlling my present moment now so I can be here now. Now. Freedom now.